0: It's time Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with, with Brett Rump. Rump. Go, Three ball, that's Landis. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, to eleven yards, touchdown. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, is most interesting,
1: most important person of all time. You are incredible. Well, Over on one. Well, you half right well, this, is amateur this is gonna be huge. i believe this is gonna be our finest hour just when i think you said the stupidest thing ever you keep talking i think that's the worst thing i've ever heard. that boy ain't right the simplest way to put it i have problems welcome to the alleged show y'all ready for this thank god it's <laughs> Ah, you can put that work away. It's time to head into a sports weekend with the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6, the way you go home after a tough day and a tough grind at the office. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy. We've got another big hour on the way. Kevin Bowen, 93.5, 107.5, the fan down in Indy, will join us to talk some Colts football, a little bit of Indiana basketball. Also, we'll give you our thoughts on Purdue, Arizona, and make our NFL picks. First tonight, high school basketball. We're going to be out at Homestead High School for the Bishop Lures Knights and the Homestead Spartans. It's double header action. We'll have the boys game on the air at 740 tonight with Lures Homestead. It is 4-0 versus 3-1. It should be a good one. In the uh, SAC race between Lures and Homestead tonight. Other games, double headers all the way across the board. You've got Dwinger at Concordia, Snyder at Northside, Southside at Northrop, Wayne at Carroll. Also, other boys' action, which dominates the schedule tonight. Belmont's at New Haven, Columbia City's at East Noble, DeKalb's at Norwell, Huntington North is at Leo, and in the ACAC, AC is at Woodland. You've got Bluffton at Southern Wells, Delta at Jay County, Heritage at South Adams, uh, Northeast Corner Conference action tonight, boys' side, Angola takes on Westview. Central Noble is at West Noble, Cherubusco Prairie Heights, part of a doubleheader. And uh, they will tip right after the girls' game. And you also have east side, Lakeland. Of course, Central Noble, West Noble is also a girls' boys' doubleheader tonight. Also, Girls Slate, N-E-C-C, Elkar Christian at Fairfield. Uh, so it is a big night. And after the game, presented by Indiana Physical Therapy, you can catch us at the Coventry Pizza Hut. We'll have those special shirts with us that you can stop by, ask about, maybe get one. They are the 260 Hoops custom-designed shirts and we'll have them available and with us tonight at the Coventry Pizza Hut for the Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show. Adam Lundy, Eric Dute, Kevich, and me when I show up. Whenever you roll in. When I roll in, because that's how I roll. <laughs> uh, but it is kind of nice. Not like fo- football. I feel like I've got to really hustle because i got to save you because you're trying to collect scores and be on the air with the show at the same time, which makes it very difficult. But with you and Dute together... I don't feel the pressure of trying to run out, hustle, you know, so I can put away the equipment properly. I can casually walk to my car. I can say hello if I want to to somebody <laughs> as I'm walking out. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I'll be there tonight, and we will be on the air with the postgame show from 9.15 to 10.30 tonight. Then we turn it over to Bob Lovell with Indiana Sports Talk tonight. Tomorrow, big day as well. We've got Purdue, Arizona that game uh, 3.30 with a 430 tip. Colt Steelers, don't forget tomorrow it is on 92.3 FM. That is Whoa Whoa. We've got the Mastodons taking on Bethune Cookman, 645 the pregame, and 7 o'clock, the tip, live from the Gate Center. And I'll have to I'll have to check. I'm not sure how many tickets are left for that. But uh, it ought to be a heck of a game. Two of the teams that are leaders in the country in steals and forcing turnovers. Uh, The Don's also one of the top scoring teams in the country. And uh, then on Sunday, we've got NFL football, and it should be a good one on Sunday night with the Ravens and the Jaguars. And, of course, we'll make our picks coming up about 30 minutes or so. All right, time. I did this last week. By request, I'll do it again. Time to rank our Indiana College basketball teams, our Division I men's basketball teams. We have 11 of them here in the state of Indiana, and time to rank them from 11 to 1. And we'll start at number 11. It's the IUPUI Jaguars. They are 3-7 and seven on the year, but they got two wins to start the season. They're 1-7 and seven since. I've got the Jaguars at number 11. At number 10... They're improving, but I don't know if they've improved enough. I think they've lost like their last three now, and that is the Valpo Beacons. They're now sitting four and six. At number nine, a team that the Mastodons just beat on the road in Evansville a couple of weeks ago, Southern Indiana. That's a team that I think as the season goes on will only get better, but uh, right now they're at number nine. At number eight, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Not a good year for uh, Coach Shrewsbury. Uh, so Notre Dame at four and five, they're at number eight. Number seven, Evansville. I was gonna, I was thinking about moving Evansville up, and then I realized they got beat by like forty points this week. Uh, number six, the Ball State Cardinals. Chirp, chirp. They're 8-2 under coach Michael Lewis. I've got them at 6, just behind the Purdue Fort Wayne Mastodons at number 5. Mastodons 10-1 on the season, looking for their 11th win against Bethune-Cookman tomorrow night before they play the Pitt Panthers coming up next Wednesday. At number 4, the Butler Bulldogs. That Mata had a year... To kind of analyze the roster. And then on the offseason, it gave him a full year to kind of prepare, build the roster the way he wanted to. And now, Butler, competitive in the Big East. At number three, the Indiana Hoosiers. I know they've got a couple losses. A couple of bad losses. And they've got a big one coming up tomorrow against Kansas. Number two, Indiana State. That's a legit team. They are, uh, I think right now, they're like number 12 or 14 or something like that in the net rankings. They are solid. They score a lot of points. Uh, They can really shoot it. And so, Indiana State's number two. And at number one, of course, I've got the Purdue Boilermakers. There you go. There's my top 11. Division one basketball teams in the state of Indiana. Uh, all right, so uh, we got to keep moving. Got to take a break because uh, Kevin Bowen standing by. We're going to go to Kevin coming up next. We're back on the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy, and it is a huge weekend for sports in our state capital, or at least in central Indiana. And we've got to talk about it with our next guest who joins us from. The fan, uh, 107, what is it, 107.5, 93.5, the fan down in Indianapolis where he is uh, co-host of the Wake Up Call. Uh, and it is Kevin Bowen. KB, how are you today? Hey, Brett, doing well. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Okay, so I've been asking this question all week because this is one of my big concerns. From Greg Rakestraw, I got, let's hope that T.J. Watt doesn't play well, that was before we learned that he was cleared from concussion protocol. Then uh, yesterday, asking another guest, and uh, you know, they gave me all this uh, scheming stuff as far as you know, trying to provide protection for Minshew, trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. My my biggest thing going into this Pittsburgh Colts game is you've got a rookie that has to play at right tackle against one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL. In T.J. Watt, and I think that's going to be a load because I remember how things went against Miles Garrett, and it didn't go so well that day. How how concerned are you about that matchup,
0: Brett? Great minds think alike. Uh, you and I are in the same boat. Could not agree with you more. Uh, it's honestly why I switched my pick uh, from Colts to Steelers late in the week. Um, let's just not even stop with Miles Garrett. I mean Trey Hendrickson last week, Josh Allen both the Jacksonville meetings you know, the Colts to the face elite edge rushers, uh, they've been that and more. And they've wrecked all those games. The Colts have lost all four of those games in facing those players. And you know, I think that's a bigger loss this week is Brayne Smith, not Johnson Taylor, because you know, T.J. Watt, the numbers I think are just beyond astonishing when he plays for the Steelers. Basically, uh, they win 66 67% of their games when he plays over the last four years at 10% when he doesn't play. Uh, he's a seven-point difference on the field. And we're talking about a Colts team that's, you know, very small margins right now uh, in terms of, you know, seven points. Boy, that matters a whole lot with how the Colts are built right now. So, uh, you know, to me, Shane Sykin, to the nth degree, they've got to help and help and help over there. And obviously there's a fine line with that because, you know, you want Gardner Minshew to have as many weapons as possible. But uh, to me, the only way Pittsburgh wins the game uh, is if Watt and or that defense makes, a game-changing turnover, a short field, you know, takeaway for a score, something like that. So, yeah, I, I think it's such a huge storyline.
1: Well, and one way to uh, to avoid or limit a pass rush is to be able to have a running game, and that's something the Colts haven't been doing much of lately either. What do they need to do to get that running game fixed?
0: Yeah, it's going to be. Um, I believe it's what, the last five weeks that they have averaged two point seven yards or less. So even it dates back to a little bit of Johnson Taylor, um, you know, still being in the lineup. Uh, so to me when I think of that, and even James Dykin said this, this week, I thought it was pretty candid of, you know, we just gotta control the trenches better. Um I think if you look at Cincinnati game, and you know, Quit talking about it earlier this week, you know, linebackers got downhill too quickly. Um he said that the Colts kinda of struggled their combination blocks and you know, really, the negative run plays were were quite alarming. Zach Moss had 13 carries in the game, six of them went for zero or negative yards, and that's a huge number, six of 13. And when you do that, you get behind the chains, you get in obvious passing situations, and you know, kind of building off the answer to the first question. I think if you do that, it's a recipe for disaster against the Steelers team. So, again, I. I so much, I think the blueprint is there at the Colts. If you load the box, if you take away the run game, and you know Indy can't control the line of scrimmage, then you really put a lot on Gardner Minshew's plate. and He gets exposed a bit. So uh, we'll see if you know the offensive line can control it a little better against you know a a front that hasn't been super stout against the run, but also is no you know slouch in that area either.
1: Kevin, you're much closer to the scene down there in Indianapolis than I am and I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out, what is the story with Braden Smith? What I, I mean, I, I didn't expect this to be a season-ending injury. Uh, was he on IR? What What's his status? So, I'm
0: trying
1: to think of what the first
0: injury was that he had. Um,
1: is it multiple injuries?
0: Yeah, we're on injury number two. That's, that's Put him on the shelf. So I, I I forget what the first one was he had earlier this year that put him out for I want to say it was like four games maybe bled into a fifth. Um, yeah, they didn't need the roster spot necessarily for injured reserve, so they thought he'd be back sooner and he wasn't. I actually, get multiple injuries now that I think about it—a hip and something else—and then against uh, against Tennessee a few weeks ago, he injured his knee uh, on the third play of the game. So exited after three snaps, and Blake Freeland played the rest of the game. Blake Freeland played last week and brain Smith. Was out for a third straight week, so you're looking at a guy that after Saturday will have played less than 50% of your offensive snaps. And you know the bummer of it all is, you know, there's several angles I guess to look at it. Brett, one is when he plays, he's darn good. Like I mean, there is not this is not a guy that's like you know there's been drop off in his game. It's more just been drop off in availability. He uh, he did play in 16 games last year, but in 2021 he missed six games. And then, obviously, this year he's looking at, you know, less than 50% of the games. We'll see, you know, how the rest of the season unfolds. He's not on injured reserve. You know, uh, Shane I then gave the phrase of he's, you know, getting better. Something along those lines uh, in his final press conference of the week. But, again, there is a big drop-off. And, you know, people have asked the question, so I'll just throw it your way, Brad, of, you know, okay, you know, do you move on for Brady Smith? I, I, I still don't think you're there. I mean, a restructuring of his contract would make sense. He's only 27 years old. Again, when he plays, he's very effective just played 16 games last year. You've got ample great depth at right tackle, or I should say offensive line in general. Um, So, again, I think a restructuring of his deal in the offseason makes sense, but I I would not get rid of him.
1: No, I don't think I would get rid of him. But the other thing you have to do is maybe trust the medicals and see exactly what the injuries are and what the chance of 100% recovery, if they can rehab those and have him 100% back. Because he's still, what, 28 what? How old is he? Yeah,
0: I thought I looked it up earlier this week. I thought he's maybe 27, about to turn 28, or I don't know. He could be 28 already.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not that. I mean, he's still got to me, he's still got three, four, five years uh, of productive years left, and been in, been a pretty important part of that offensive line. I I think uh, you could probably argue uh, if you go back over the last three, four years, he he may be the best Colts offensive lineman. And that's uh, I know Quentin Nelson is there, but I if there's anybody that thinks Quentin Nelson has been a little overrated over the last two or three years, it would be me. And I'll admit it. But uh, but yeah, I I don't think you just wipe him off the roster, but I, I do think you have to be concerned about the uh, the string of injuries. All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what you expect from this game. Because you've got two backup quarterbacks. you got two teams kind of desperate for a win. It's going to be a playoff-type atmosphere, at least on the field. I don't know what it's going to be like in the stadium. But uh, but what type of game do you expect?
0: Well, I would say ugly. I mean, Mitch Trubisky versus Gardner Minshew probably leads you down that path. I do think two teams that you know have kind of leaned on their defense, probably Pittsburgh much more so. But Pittsburgh has really turned it over. Uh, I should say, they've gotten turnovers at a very high rate. They're second in the league in turnover margin. They needed that uh, without the ability to really move it, you know, to you know, a, a consistent basis. Uh, less than 20 points each the last four weeks scored for them. Um, and Kenny Pickett, when he was starting, you know, he was protecting the football pretty well, which obviously helps your turnover margin. That, of course, you know, with Mitch Trubisky becomes a different storyline, so... I would think low scoring. I'd think a bit ugly. Field position's big. You know, red zone opportunities critical to punch a man. You know, kicking ain't going to be big. All of those things. And you know what? I've, I probably said that on a couple of occasions this season, Brad, And like New England. That's exactly how the game played out. And then Cleveland, that's the exact opposite of how the game played out. So we'll obviously see come, uh, come 24 hours from now.
1: So the, uh, the NFL has flexed a game to Saturday that will be another three nothing classic.
0: <laughs> Boy, well, I don't know. Maybe you can do some <laughs> Thursday night magic from last night with the Raiders.
1: She oh my the Colts and Steelers. Oh my gosh. Okay, that that clearly was the Chargers having no interest in playing a football game last night, and a lot of people paying the price today.
0: Yeah, both Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco, their GM fired, and, and Telesco a long time, built, fully and confident here in Indianapolis with a, a key piece, and, and you know, kind of helping build those Manning-era teams, and, you know, I am curious, you know, how do people view that Chargers opening? I mean, they did win, what, I think nine and ten games each the last two years. It's not like they've been awful. Obviously, Justin Herbert, I think is still a very intriguing young quarterback, and I think the key part to that, Brett, is, again, they fired GM and head coach. So, theoretically, right now, both of those spots are open. Well, would they entertain the idea of one person handling both those roles? Would that one person be Bill Belichick? Would that one person be Jim Harbaugh? Uh, I I I think Justin Herbert is one of the very few times we've had an opening like that with a GM opening on top of it, and you already have a pretty again intriguing young quarterback in that building. So to me, more so than the Raiders, more so than the Panthers, that is um, that's a pretty attractive opening for you know maybe some of the bigger names out there in the head coaching cycle.
1: I get you, Kevin, but I I think that the NFL, that the time of the, uh, the coach, uh, GM wearing the, you know, the the guy wearing the same hat for both those titles, I think it's passed. I think we've gotten enough of a sample size that it hasn't worked all that well.
0: Yeah. And I probably would agree with you on that, but ego name oftentimes is something that owners can't overlook. And if all of a sudden you're the Chargers and you've played second fiddle in that market for so long and you could say, hey, Bill Belichick, hey, Jim Harbaugh, come on down, uh, that might be somewhat, somewhat, <clears throat> excuse me, somewhat attractive to try and do.
1: Is Belichick a big draw? I, I, I mean, he's never won unless he had Tom Brady at his quarterback.
0: Well, certainly he's, he probably hasn't coached too many years without Brady. And you know, for what it's worth, they did win 10 games with Mac Jones a few years ago and well, they went 10 with Matt, Matt Matt Castle as well. So, again, it's not like he's had an abundance of years without Brady. Um, yeah, I probably would have a little bit more just you know, age question with Belichick, what if he's 71, 72, you know, how much longer would he want to do that? But, you know, again, if you look at the Chargers, I mean, you know, how far off are they? I mean, 9 and 10 wins these two last two years. Now, it's a division that you have achieved, obviously, but uh, do you view it like Denver this year? And, you know, a a coaching change with not a whole lot of roster tweaking, you could maybe get back into the playoff picture, you know, something along those lines there. So uh, that's kind of how I view it.
1: Kevin Bowen joining us here on the Sports Rush. All right, let's talk about what else is happening in Indy this weekend, a couple of big college basketball games. We've talked plenty about Purdue, Arizona. I want to ask you about Indiana, Kansas, because, Everybody in the Indiana fan base wants these games on the schedule, but uh, it hasn't worked out so far against UConn and Auburn. What does Indiana have to show? Do they have to win it, or do they just have to show that they can compete with this level of competition?
0: Well, if you don't win it, you're going to need to get a whole lot done in the Big Ten to have an attractive resume. And I just mean to make the tournament. I mean, the non-conference resume stinks. Uh, There's nothing on it away from home. Uh, In the Big Ten this year, it's early, but it doesn't look like the juggernaut littered with tons and tons of, you know, quad one wins, if you want to get deep in the kind of resume talk. So, I think it's important for the Magic of Assembly Hall to drum something up and and try and get a win. Obviously, if you're trying to look at, okay, you know how could the Big Ten play out? Could they continue this 2-0 start in the conference? Uh, You know, sure, you know, quality of play, keeping it close, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that is a step in the right direction, but you're, you've reached a point that, like, you know, the feel-good moral victories, that, that doesn't matter come Selection Sunday time. And I think back to a couple of years ago, right, you, know, I, I think, you know, I'm a huge Notre Dame basketball fan. Oh, yeah. There was a year that they were, I believe, the two-seed in the ACC tournament and went to the play of the NCAA tournament because their non-conference resume was so bad. Indiana avoided disaster. In the non-conference, by not losing any of the cupcakes, I think they got a couple more left. So, maybe I'm speaking a little bit early. But again, Louisville away from home is not helping the resume. And, you know, Auburn and UConn are the other two losses. You Kansas is the other marquee one. So many times the committee looks at that. And it's not just, you know, don't fall in the trap of, hey, you go 12-8 and in the Big Ten, you're automatically going to make it. You know, it's, there's a lot of teams that I think, are, you know, unexpectedly have had poor starts in the Big Ten. So, I think that is something to keep in mind uh and you know, again you know weird things happen in assembly hall they played well there against the elite competition in the mike woodson era so we'll see if they can do that tomorrow i do i am interested in this Kansas is a little bit more of kind of a front court oriented team you know not as much you know super reliant on their guard play does that help out indiana at all
1: we'll see how it goes kevin always appreciate you have a great weekend we'll talk soon right, have a great one. Thank you. Yep, that is Kevin Bowen from 9351075, The Fan, down in Indianapolis, joining us here on the Sports Rush. We're going to come back. We'll talk a little more about the Boilermakers and the Wildcats, maybe a little bit about Indiana and uh, Kansas. Plus, we make our NFL picks. That comes up next here on The Sports Rush on 1380, The Fan, and 100.9 FM
0: now back to the sports rush with brett rump on 1380 the fan and 100.9
1: fm welcome back to the sports rush your daily local sports fix four to six brett rump with adam lundy friday edition we head into a sports weekend so many things happening this weekend we can hardly keep track man it has been a packed show so far unbelievable all the topics we've been able to cover so far during this show of course don't forget coming up tomorrow it is number one versus number three as the arizona wildcats will be in indianapolis to take on the purdue boilermakers uh you know this this is a true test for purdue got a number one take care of the basketball number two continue to hit shots number three defend i think they'll do fine i i I think it's a really good Arizona team. I don't think it's an overpowering team. I think Purdue's had enough experience against tough-level competition and had some tight games down the stretch. I expect this game to be tight down the stretch. I don't think anybody's running away with it. Uh, I'm going to – I like Purdue, and I I like it in in a close game. I mean, something uh, in the vicinity of, like, 84 to 81 type of neighborhood. But uh, uh, I – I like the Boilermakers.
2: It's going to be a real clash of the titans as they say, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the result of that game. I I think it really does come down if it to uh, if Purdue's defense can and can stop Arizona's offense.
1: And uh, and then you've got of course uh, Indiana Kansas. I, I I'm not even going to try to pick this one because it, you know, it's time for Indiana to put on their big boy pants and actually show that these games, that they're worthy of having these games. You know, everybody in the Indiana fan base wants Indiana to schedule these Kansases, the Kentuckys. They want all these games, right? But show you deserve them. Show you can compete in them. Indiana doesn't have nearly as tough a schedule as Purdue has. But then when Indiana does have that rare sprinkling of playing a talented team, they have failed miserably to UConn, they failed last week. To Auburn, and now they've got to beat Kansas. And, and I mean, a big, long, athletic team with Hunter Dickinson, who adds the post presence for Kansas. I, uh, I mean, this this is the greatest challenge for Indiana so far. And so far, the two previous challenges, which I don't think were as tough as this one, they failed miserably. So I. I don't know what to expect. I think it would be a big help if Indiana had the students there because it's very tough to play in Assembly Hall when you have the students. The atmosphere. I mean, you know, you can go back and look at all the North Carolina games, the Kentucky games, all the teams that have come in there uh, with with either number one rankings or very high rankings and taken an L. But I don't know that it's the same type of situation this time around. We'll find out because to me, for Indiana, this could be a tone setter for the rest of the year. This could be the game that gets them to where they start to build off of that confidence. They figure out what it takes to beat good opponents. They now have something on tape. And, uh, you know, because right now, as far as I'm concerned, if you're Mike Woodson, you could just about burn the tape between UConn and and Auburn. So this game, to me is going to be a tone setter for the rest of the season for the Indiana Hoosiers. And even if they lose, if they compete and they show moments and show moments consistently against Kansas, that's enough. Okay. They don't have to win because right now they're so far behind Kansas. Uh, If you look at the polls, you look at the net rankings, everything else, they're so far behind. All they have to do is show that they can compete at a level somewhat consistent with one of the best teams in the country. And uh, and so I'm not even going to try to predict this because this could easily be a 25-point loss for the Hoosiers. They could end up getting on a run at home and win this game by 15 points. I, I have no idea. None. I don't. I have no clue on this one. Safe to say you won't be putting any uh, little chunks of change nothing, on that one. <laughs> nothing. I have no feeling right now about Indiana basketball. Uh, All right, so – but I do know Indiana has to be better at the three-point line. How embarrassing is it that Indiana is the third-worst team in the entire country? I mean, we're talking about 360 teams. Indiana's the third-worst team in the country in number of three-pointers per game.
2: That's kind of insane. You know, I'm thinking (laughs) – Mike Woodson, we're criticizing him for having this NBA-style offense and NBA-style replacements. But what's the one thing in the NBA that his team can't do that everybody in the NBA needs to do?
1: It's a staple in the NBA. You've got to be able to space the defense. You've got to be able to hit the three-point shot. They can't do it. And, and, I mean, three-point, what is it, like 3.2, 3.4 threes per game? I mean, that's just embarrassing. I mean, you can't keep up with a team when you're only getting three-and-a-half or less threes per game, and uh, and the two teams that are behind them, it's like Mississippi Valley State <laughs> and Houston Christian, who are by by the Ken Palm rankings, they're two of the worst seven teams in the entire country. Yeah, not surprising with those <sighs> stats. No. Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. Indiana versus Kansas, Purdue versus Arizona, and then of course, don't forget also tomorrow night we've got. Mastodons and Bethune Cookman at the Gate Center. That's going to be a fun one especially at the Gate Center. Uh all right, so uh we didn't have a chance to do this yesterday. Normally we get our NFL picks in on Thursdays. We just knew what was coming last night. We realized it wasn't even worth wasting any airtime on picking the Raiders and the Chargers really wasn't. <laughs> we wait one day to make our picks, and it's a totally different coaching staff for the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. Man, that was ugly. Yeah, I didn't watch very much. Didn't need to. All you had to do was just to have an app and make sure the app was giving you live updates because it was changing rather rapidly. It was like a basketball score. Yeah. It's 7 nothing, 14 nothing. Next time down the court, oh, they got 21. I mean, it's like... That's the way you felt. And when I said court, yeah, I meant court because you felt like you were it was a basketball <laughs> score the way it was changing like every two or three minutes. Anyway, good thing for Aiden O'Connell. He had a good night. He sure did. Got to shine a little bit. All right. So let's get into our NFL picks. Here we go. What week is this, by the way? Week, week 15. Week 15. All right. So we can skip last night. Uh, we both took Vegas and Vegas won. Let's go to uh, Sunday or Saturday action because Minnesota is at Cincinnati. Uh, it's it's a big game for both teams. Minnesota seven and six, Bengals seven and six. Both teams on backup quarterbacks. It's not Kirk Cousins against Joe Burrow, and so whose backup do you trust the most? Uh, Minnesota is going to go to their third quarterback because Josh Dobbs has been replaced. So I'm. I'm going to go at home. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I I trust them at home right now, so I'll take Cincinnati to win it. Yep, I'm going Cincinnati to too. Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Oh, boy. Oh, man. This is a tough one, you know, because uh, I have a. – first of all, what is it? Eight straight games they've lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The last time that the Colts beat the Steelers, do you know who the Colts quarterback was? was it peyton manning it was peyton manning they haven't won a game since peyton manning was the quarterback for the colts against the pittsburgh steelers ah do they break the streak are they good enough to break the streak with gardner Minshew? I hope so. I'm going to pick them just because emotionally I'm so connected to this game because I realize all the hopes for the remaining three weeks of the season lie on the Colts getting a victory against the Steelers. So I'm going to go with Indianapolis. Don't say it, Adam. Don't say it. I know what's coming. I'm going Colts. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you fooled me. I did fool you there. Uh, Denver goes into Detroit. Detroit's sliding a little bit. Yeah, a little Denver skid. Denver seems to be hot. Denver playing for a playoff spot. Can Detroit get back on track? I say no. I say Denver goes into Detroit and beats the Detroit Lions.
2: All right, I'm going to
1: take the Lions at home to get back on track. As I said, I'm taking the Lions. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, you're killing me, by the way. Last week, I tried to outsmart you and flip a couple games that you picked, and that didn't work out so well.
2: What can I say? Uh, Chicago
1: is in Cleveland. Mm. Um, Boy, I wish they would give us the points here. (laughs) Of course, the points are dropping. Yeah. Bears were getting like four, four and a half. Now I think it's down to a field goal. Um, I, I tell you, there's something about Chicago and their confidence right now, their defense. I'm a little concerned about how Justin Fields holds up against Cleveland's defense, but do I dare pull the trigger on this one? I'll go with Chicago. All right. I'm going Brown. I knew, Joe, you'd, I, knew Joe Flacco. You'd, I knew you'd do that. I knew you'd do that. And so I, I've got to make up ground. i got to take a chance once in a while just on a cut. Uh, Kansas City is in New England. I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Bold pick there. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta, Carolina. I'll go with the Falcons. Short road trip. They, do they bus? That's not that far. No idea. But, yeah, I'm going Falcons. You know, They'll fly. Oh, of course they will. Yeah crema (laughs) donnas tampa bay goes to green bay it is uh you know a warm weather team going into a cold weather environment for that reason and maybe that reason only i'm gonna go with green bay yeah that's what i was thinking too green bay uh you got the jets down in miami cold weather to warm weather that's not as big a deal especially since miami i know firsthand i've got a forecast uh that in miami a lot of rain on saturday supposed to be still kind of cool conditions. Well, cool relative to Miami. It's like mid-70s uh, on Sunday. So it's not going to be like dealing with a lot of heat and humidity for the Jets. Uh Miami's going to probably be playing without Tyreek Hill. They're probably going to be playing without is, – is Waddle out? Waddle's – I don't know. But all I know is Miami is beat up. But I still don't trust the Jets enough. I'm going to go Miami. Yep, I'm going Dolphins, too. Waddle's active. That's going to be such a close game, though. Mm -hmm. I really do believe this game's going to be that the Jets' defense is going to cause Miami some problems. Miami's down a running back. Miami's down Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, Jets have a good pass rush. Miami's got injuries in their offensive line. I, I really think this game has a chance to be much closer than people expect. All right, let's go to the Giants and New Orleans. Um, I'm really kind of torn on this one, but I don't know if DeVito can do it two weeks in a row. It's DeVito again this week, right, for the Giants? I'm going to assume it's DeVito, and I'm going to take New Orleans. Derek Carr can't be as bad as he has been, right? He's still starting. As bad as he's been, I think he's still starting for New Orleans. So I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints at home. Houston, Tennessee. Tennessee gets a huge comeback win against the Dolphins last week. Houston, one of those teams at seven and six, desperate to try to keep pace. Give me Tennessee.
2: Oh, wow. I'm going, I'm going Houston.
1: Oh, divisional matchup on the road. I don't know. Uh, San Francisco is in Arizona. And uh, I think this could be a little testy. San Francisco better be ready for this one. But I'll take the 49ers to hold on and win. Sorry, I was doing a little research here. Oh, uh, now's a good time to actually do your research. It's not like we didn't know we were going to be doing this. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm gonna, Let's pause the show so Adam can do the <laughs> research he didn't get done in the previous 12 hours. You know it. I'm going to take the Niners. <laughs> okay. Well. What was your what game were you even on this game? No, you're still like two games behind. Yeah, I'm looking to see if C.J. Stroud is going to play. Oh boy, yeah, you're way behind. All right, let's go to Washington at the L.A. Rams. Uh, I'll Ugh. take the Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams. Cowboys Buffalo. This going to be a good one. Yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon primer, 4:30 and or 4:25 in the afternoon. Um, I Dallas is a different team away from home. And Buffalo, one of the seven and six teams, they realize their playoffs have started. I'm going to go with Buffalo.
2: I'm going to take the Cowboys on the road.
1: That's a risky one, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Philadelphia, out in Seattle. Philadelphia. A little bit of a... I always say, don't count last week and this week's picks because yeah. the NFL can always change. Uh, but I, they're just they're just a broken team a little bit right now, and I don't know if they've got things fixed. But I still think they're better than Seattle, so I'll take them. I'm going to go Eagles, yeah. Uh, Let's look at uh, the Sunday night game, which we have to pick a score. It is Baltimore at Jacksonville. Good one. Man, we got a couple of good games Sunday. Think about how Sunday's going to go. With with the Cowboys-Bills followed by the Ravens-Jacksonville. That's pretty good stuff. All right, so I'm... uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Okay. They're the hot team right now. I'm going to go with Baltimore, and I'm going to take Baltimore uh, 27 to 24.
2: All right. We're both thinking a close game, and we're both thinking a Baltimore win. I'm going to go Baltimore winning 21 to 17. I'm also changing. <laughs> oh, You've done changing. some
1: research. Now he's done some research. I did so a little
2: research. I'm changing uh, my pick from houston to tennessee i'm going titans stroud what was the
1: research you, you you obviously picked up on something i've already got tennessee but what have you learned
2: yeah saw from shafter about an hour and a half ago that he's listed as doubtful
1: <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> okay didn't want to be hung out there to to be uh, riding houston without cj stroud i don't even know who their backup is i couldn't tell you no all right, there's our picks. You can make your picks when weekly prices just simply by going to 1380thefan.com and playing NFL, you pick them. Uh, all right, so uh, what do we got? Uh, we got to come back and wrap things up. i got to get out to Homestead. We've got the Bishop Bluer's Knights and the Homestead Spartans, our featured game of the week tonight, presented by Indiana Physical Therapy. We'll come back with more of the Sports Rush next on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You're listening to The Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Back final time here on The Sports Rush. Brett Rump, Adam Lundy, and just about ready to call it a week here with our uh, afternoon extravaganza. We're so glad that you have taken time to join us. And of course, uh, congratulations to all our winners this week of the WWE Sunday Stunner tickets. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Coming up next week, well, I will be here on Monday. Then I'm gone. I'm out. You're out of here. I won't be back until uh 2024. Wow. I think. <laughs> I don't know. You if know. everything goes according to plan. Well, I just got to hope that by the time it rolls around to 2024, my key still works. That's what, you know, I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm expecting to be back. But, you know, you, it's a long way away. A lot of things could happen between now and then. Uh, but, uh know, so I'll be taking a break. I don't know. Somebody's going to be filling in the seat next week as uh, I've got the travels to uh, Pittsburgh for the Mastodons game against Pitt Panthers next week on Wednesday. And then heading down to see the family in Florida and a little uh, R&R with the family down in uh, Southeast Florida and enjoy some time down there. I do arrive, by the way, the day of the Boca Raton Bowl. Ooh, I don't exciting. know if that means I'll go to the Boca Raton Bowl, but last year I arrived like a day after the bowl game. So actually, I could go. There. This is the first year I've actually been there when the game's been taking place. Uh, big thanks to our guests that appeared on the show, including Dylan Sin in hour number one and Kevin Bowen in hour number two. High school basketball coming your way tonight. We've got the Bishop Bluers Knights visiting the Homestead Spartans. Boys basketball starts around 7.40 p.m. I'll have the play-by-play call after the game. Be sure to join us at the Coventry Pizza Hut. Don't forget, we've got those really cool swag t-shirts. The uh, hoops in the 260 with 1380 the fan from Old Board Baseball Company. They are customized shirts. You can only get them by coming to our post-game show. So stop in, ask about the shirts. You might be able to take one home. Uh, that is coming up tonight. Of course, the uh, game of the week presented by Indiana Physical Therapy and our post-game show tonight presented by Parkview Sports Medicine. We're out. Have a great weekend. Talk to you again on Monday, 4 to 6. This has been the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.